the tea health show your medical lifestyle podcast brought to you by the tea clinic good morning i'm dr mark this is the tea health show and in studio my cohorts uh, sister elise van art Stacy Holland and our lovely producer, Simpiwe. Morning, girls. Good morning. Okay, so we've come to the end of the year, thank goodness. Um, <laughs> <went like. coughs> it's been a busy one. Um, and uh, you know what? Today we've decided to actually take a look at the year that's been. Mm. Um, the topics we've discussed... Um, some of the highlights that can I start? <laughs> then I, I, I don't have to deal with questions from Doctor Mark. Like, oh, <laughs> you've just yes. here nice it comes. Move. Nice move. <laughs> I've learned Doctor Mark over the year. I think that's the best way to just get ahead of things. Just be like, can I start? Yeah, nice one. Okay. Before you put you on the spot. Yes. So one thing that I've definitely learned this year: uh, sleep hygiene. Right, yeah, that's a big one. Um, two, you can't you can't sweat um, your way to like thinness. That mm-hmm. was like m- the most recent show. Um, also learned uh, one more thing. Uh, one more that thing that you're not when you're forty five, you're not old. Oh no, I, I still believe in that. No, you but have she's, not. You uh, she's <laughs> not even bloody thirty five. <laughs> Is she even twenty five? <laughs> I'll give one more. I'll give one more. I'll give one more. Um, 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 um. Come on, babe. was almost 48 shows. Yes, but I want to give like the ones that stood out for me. Jeez, the, that's me. a lot, eh? 48 shows. My goodness. That is a lot. Um, I think something. Okay. Well, let me just say, but overall, mm. right? Mm. Um, health is is something that's continuous. And, and, and a lot of the times people don't aim to be optimum. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's like the the goal in life and the minute you change one thing boom shaka boom right yeah so like if yeah. we, we're talking like a racing car the minute you change one thing you know and you take it back on the track it's gonna change something else oh so you my need to- god <laughs> <laughs> this girl was listening <laughs> so you know you need to come back and uh make sure that I you are working it. At your fullest. Boom, shaka, boom. I'm done for the day. Yeah. I think she has notes underneath the desk, Mark. I think she actually prepared for this question. Okay. Well, well done, Sam. Now well, answer Stacey. I'm speechless. You know, I don't know what to say. I'm speechless. So, And that doesn't happen often. So, yes. Um, simply with this, I think what, what you've said summed up so much of mm. what we were talking about this year. Um, we all want optimal health. And one of the things that I realized in the practice is I see, I, I see so many people, most of them are middle management, upper management, executive level. And I ask them the question, is your business successful? And they all say, Yes, we're doing well. Mm. And then I ask them, so why don't you look at your health like you are running a business? Mm. And then they, 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 they stand and it's like, The light's oh, gone for the first um, time. I, I think, you know, at coming to the end of the year, everyone in, in my practice <clears throat> feels burnt out. Um, 
It's been busy. It's been a great year. It's been a difficult year full of challenges. You had to be adaptable. Um, you had to roll with the punches. Um, but, you know, but even us who preach to our patients mm. how to optimize their health and well-being, we also failed on a lot of places. I specifically failed on getting enough sleep. Mm. Um, Elise, for you, um, you're as tired as I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> so I'm not what, even going to deny it. What, what should we have done better balance. to... Balance. But how do we balance? It's so easy to throw it's the word easy. balance. Yeah, I, I agree with Mark. I feel yeah. like there is no... But let me hear what you think first. That is what I what reflected you felt. on mm. the last week. I mm. don't have balance in my life. Mm. And as much as I enjoy what we are doing and learn every day, I neglect the part that sort of... Um, I get into this thing and I need to focus on this thing and that's how my mind works. Mm. And then I forget about my mental health, my physical health. Mm. And I mean, um, I didn't get to exercise this year. I'm being honest mm. because there just wasn't enough time. And, and not to look for excuses, mm. but I spent two to three hours a day on the road just to get to work and back. Mm. And, you know, just Which that is thing, stressful. I, which I is wouldn't stressful. be able to do that. No. I will kill yeah. I will yeah. kill people around yeah. me. But having said that, I want <coughs> to say, I don't think we had a, a period of growth like 2023, and I'm talking about our knowledge and yes. what we get over educating patients, etc. And in that process, we learned a lot about ourselves mm. as well. Well, you know what? <clears throat> People need to understand that when we come onto a show, it takes hours of preparation. Yeah. Yes. You know what? There's a lot of the topics that uh, Elise and I do not have to prepare for. Mm. Um uh, things that we do in the practice mm. on a daily basis. Uh, I, t I take myself when it comes to aesthetics. I can ramble on about mm. aesthetics mm. Um, for hours and hours on every single topic there is because I've been doing it for, for 22 so years. Mm. But for me, my aesthetic um, year was one where I trained probably about 40 individuals and from each of that 40 young, upcoming aesthetic and do uh, doctors, I learned something. Mm. I, I learned what not to do. Mm. Um, um, I learned how to uh, look differently. Um, and I learned how to convey my knowledge and expertise in a way that made sense to them and that they can take away and go and practice in their own practices. Yeah. So that was a learning curve. But you know what, on the hormonal side, on the T-clinic side, um, every single day, these new papers on diabetes, on weight management, on metabolic disease, on the safety of hormones, etc., etc. And between myself, Elise, and Elena, 
Every day we have a discussion. Okay, I forwarded an article to you. What do you think about that? Or Elise would come and say, did you see that? And, um, you know, but then it's reading. And, but when we prepare for a show, yeah. um, it's hours of reading uh, to make sure that what we say on the show is the latest, the most relevant, and the most accurate information. Because Google is, is not on. You know what? We look at peer-reviewed articles, things that have been published in medical journals. Um, and and it's, it's hard work. It's mm. fun. But you know what? The learning curve is... It's like I, I never studied this much, even when I was a varsity. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And what I wanted to say is not only that... Just the confirmation that what our combined knowledge, education, etc., um, is and following on instinct is being validated by papers that's coming out recently. Yeah, it's true. Things that we've been doing for a long time. Yes. Things that we've been not only practicing but professing. Um, where we didn't have scientific papers to back them out are mm. coming out. And, you know, it, it's, it's wonderful to look back and, and be able to say everything that I said can be substantiated yes. and not by a Google search, but by actually a Medline or a Medscape or a mm. PubMed uh, mm. search. Stace, for you, mm. um, you were very busy. Mm. Um, do you also feel that you've lost the balance a little bit? Not at all. I think this was an amazing year for me because I did put myself first. I got back into my track. I actually just started doing what I know to do. And I think it's a challenge for us. You mentioned it earlier on that those of us who teach obviously have the additional challenge of applying what we know. And being practitioners of what we know, which is not always easy. I always say to like our clients and some of my clients that, um, oh, my voice is so nice and husky today. Yeah, I don't know why. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> Sexy. <laughs> um, that the difference between us and the average person is not that we are not afflicted or challenged by the very things that they are, you know, afflicted with. It's that we have a path to go back onto. We know what to do to get ourselves right again. Um, even from a nutrition perspective, I know exactly what to do to start eating right again. And I just, I just, I don't know what it was. I just started doing it and started training again. Um, feeling strong going into the end of the year. That being said, I mean, I, I do feel like I want a beach holiday with no connectivity, cell phone connectivity, just a book and the ocean. But I really struggled in, I would say, like the second quarter of this year where I did feel out of sorts and then started getting it back on track. Um, so no, I, like for me, for the first time, it actually is ending the year nice and strong, even though it's been really busy finding a harmony that works for me, which has not been easy, um, but feels great when you actually do find that sweet groove, basically. You do know that you lucky that <laughs> no one can see the faces looking at you at the <laughs> yeah, moment. He's been rolling <laughs> his eyes my, and my, like... My only thought <laughs> is you bitch. bitch. <laughs> I think one out of four, I mean, what's the odds? <laughs> <laughs> Which is how I was looking at you guys earlier in the year thinking, oh my gosh, it's not even like 
midway <laughs> and I'm feeling like I'm losing things. But coming back to Elisa's point about balance, I know you and I agree with this concept. I don't think balance exists. Honestly, in, like, in all the years I look at trying to get balance, I feel like it's the hardest thing to get, but I do believe in the concept of harmony. And harmony doesn't always mean that it's 50-50. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's that guy walking on a tightrope looking like he's going to fall over, but for some reason that's the only time he has the concept of balance and it doesn't look like balance. Mm. And I think it is harder to find the concept of what's harmonious for you. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like I, I, I don't know what I would do if I was driving again, spending three hours in traffic because I used to do that so often. Um I just don't know how I would get around that. Is it listening to podcasts so that your education process is maybe, is it reflecting? Yeah, that's where I get through those hours on the road. And does that become productive for you now? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. But I agree with you, the harmony is most important. Yeah, and it's it's really tough because we, we say to people, but to find it is so personal and so unique because what looks like harmonious for Mark may seem like, to chaos for you and me. Yes, I agree. Uh, I, I, you know what? I'm the one that <laughs> in is many senses of brilliant. And <laughs> you can ask tonight? anyone around me. I'm yeah. brilliant at causing chaos. Yeah. But I cannot live in it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, my staff knows that. Yeah. So it's very interesting that our most downloaded show was the show called Detoxing the Mind and the Body. And I think when we come at this point Mm. in the year, it was a show that um, we had on, to be exact, the 13th of April this year. And I think it's a great show for people to go and listen Listen to to. now. Mm. How do I get... It feels like yesterday. Right. (laughs) How, How do I get rid of all the toxins in my brain Mm. And here I'm talking about the earworms and the voices mm. and just that background white, white noise. How do we go and do that? Mm. Um, and I think <clears throat> I spoke to Gareth this morning um, about our show next week, Thursday. And I said to him, you know what, let's talk about something fun or controversial um, and he had a grin on his face. And um, I said to him uh, when he passed me again, uh, you know what, let's talk about stress in the workplace. And he looked at me and said, it's topical, but it's not controversial. controversial. <laughs> so I think managing stress in the workplace um, is going to help us overall get balance back into our lives. I, I did a um, a presentation for uh, Galdoma, South Africa, at uh, one of their cycle meetings on stress in the workplace. And it was so interesting that about 90% of the people in February, remember it was in February yes. that I did that, in February already identified with um, excessive chronic stress sure. because of a work environment. Well, I mean, Elise and well, the three of us were involved in um, a talk on menopause to a corporate, mm-hmm. and I, Elise did. She went first actually, and she faced this talking presenting experience 
completely virtual where she couldn't even see the people that she was speaking how to. How many Isn't people? The worst? How oh, many my is, word. It was horrible. But it, how many people did you present to? It was over 500. No, no, no. It wasn't that much. We didn't even know, actually. Yeah, we actually, we actually didn't, didn't know. know yeah. And we couldn't see. It was an international. Yes, yeah. Multiple countries, um, multiple divisions. But it just reminded me exactly of this stress component, but also the world that we live in. So Elise is speaking to these people and she can see herself, but she can't see anyone else. Sure. So we we have to have these topics in the in the corporate place like how do we deal with menopause and how do we deal with these health topics but when i did mine not many people could actually stop at their desks and listen to me for the 20 minutes that i spoke mm-hmm. so we're ticking boxes and I, and I love that this corporate did it for the employees because at least the recordings are available and i really do hope that the employees will listen to it afterwards but it's there's almost this like just robotic going through life. Like guys, we need to speak to our employees about stress. I agree. We need to speak about menopause. But were they actually engaged? Yeah. Did they actually learn? Did it's they actually that disconnect? Get, I mm, felt from my part, mm, and I know I had good content. Yes, but I don't know how it came over to them. Yeah, you know, you can't gauge the reactions. And yeah, that is the world we live in, and that is something that we need to work on. How to connect with people again? With people. Yes. So yeah. with people. If, if yeah. we look at stress in the workplace, number one, how do you manage stress in the workplace? Mm. Simpi, would you want to venture a guess? That's your question. <laughs> She's like, I thought I avoided. That. How do you manage stress in the workplace? Garrett's Where listening. do you start? <laughs> Claims the money. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, I'm not too sure, um, but I would share that. I'd like to share this. So I've seen, um, it's called quiet quitting and it's kind of like my generation. Yes, we don't understand that. (laughs) Right? And it's kind of like, I would say it's our way of dealing with stress, right? Because work environments pay you nine to five, but they do expect you now and again to Mm. go above and beyond. But the now and again becomes every day. And so what we've decided to do was say, oh no, you pay me for nine to five, I will clock in at nine and leave at five. And and whatever you need of me, even if you send an email at like five to five, best believe I'll reply to say, I'll look at this tomorrow. And I think that's kind of like a way of- It drives me insane. (laughs) (laughs) You saw my face. Right? But I think like, in answering your question, yeah. I think that's what a lot of like young people have kind of looked to. They they they've studied the environment to say, oh, you want us to go above and beyond, beyond all, all the, the time. time, and that's mm. not healthy for me. And I still want to go and spend time with my friends or kids. And so, you pay me for nine to five, mm. I will come and do my job within the nine to so five period until you, know you start running in, your own in, company. <laughs> in exactly in our. In the way that our generations, now Elise is a generation above me, Stacey and I are from the same generation. And um, there's a generation between you and us. Yes, yes, yes. Now, I want to say that the generation that came after us, I don't know, what are they, the the millennials, huh? You are the Gen X's or Z's. Uh, or I get so confused. I'm, I'm definitely a millennial. Um, yeah, but then there's like so a then Gen it's Y. Gen y or, or is it the Y's? Yeah, or, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know who they are, but in any case. <laughs> so um, they still had some kind of work ethic. Our work ethic and your work ethics differ. I know, um, you know, but for 
us, we grew up in that you work and you only finish when the work is done. Mm. And in the work that Elise and I do, for instance, mm. I'm on call 24-7 mm. a day. Into the day. Mm. But, uh, my, my day never ends. Mm. Um, I cannot not take a phone call from a patient at three o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. So if I had, were to adopt that kind of, okay, my day finishes at five, mm. um, number one, I put my patients in danger. Number two, um, you know, with the health professions council will have a hearing mm. and they will give me a warning or suspend me. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, sorry, my personal opinion, that's what's lacking in our young people mm. of today is mm. commitment. Um, it's interesting. I saw um, an article the other day on the big corporate companies in South Africa that employed a four-day work week with tremendous success. It was successful. Tremendous success where it actually proved that giving people more time to rest makes them more productive. Mm. But you know what, for me then it's rather work from eight to seven, four days a week, and you have a three-day weekend yeah. where you can go and relax. So I think part of it, sorry to interject, but part of what you're also describing is um, something that I'm seeing in some of our patients and some of my clients is a lack of purpose and enjoyment in what, what is one is doing. And it's not to say that when you are purposeful or you enjoy what you're doing that you're not going to be stressed out. You certainly are going to be stressed out. That's what we're seeing. Mm. But your resilience and your ability to handle that stress is somewhat optimized and that stress is somehow maybe contextualized. Whereas someone who hates what they're doing really doesn't enjoy what they're doing is clocking in maybe just a nine to five because it's just about a paycheck mm. really has less coping skills to deal with the stress that comes from doing something that you don't enjoy. And often that's our challenge. We love what we do so much more than, you know, many other people that we do give so much more, but yeah. some part of Definitely. it still provides enjoyment. I mean, when I'm speaking with a patient at six o'clock at night, I'm telling myself, I'm supposed to be cutting this off. There is supposed to be a time where we say no, but part of what we love about what we do is the solving problems so we tend to work on things a lot longer and we tend to derive some enjoyment yeah. from it. And we Absolutely. have to learn, okay, there is a cutoff. But to Sim's point, what I'm seeing with a lot of young people is an aimlessness in finding mm. what they believe mm. is their passion, their purpose, something that they really love doing. And mm -hmm. so they cope. It's not always a response. Mm -hmm. It's a cope is to say, I'm not giving you more because they need to find the rest time to actually think about what do I love doing? What brings me joy? Do mm. I actually love this thing that I'm doing from nine to five? Yeah. And to cope with that stress, I think one of the solutions is actually to sit now when you have a break and reflect about, do you actually derive a lot of joy from what you're doing in your workplace? And if not, figure out a way quickly to start getting some joy out of it. Well, so that brings us, how do you manage stress in the workplace? Or how do you manage stress? Number one is you actually have to go and identify the stressor. 100%. If you don't know what is stressing you out, how the hell are you yeah. going to manage it? And the second thing is now you have to decide um, and figure out, can I change it? Mm. If you can change it, you need to be proactive. Mm. 
if it's something that you cannot change, you have to get to that decision. Okay, I can't change it. So what do I do now? Mm. Do I walk away or do I change the terms of engagement? Mm. And that is, I think, where you start is change the terms of engagement. This is a stressor. I'm going to avoid it. If I can't avoid it, how am I going to manage it so that it becomes less of a stressor? And And then the final one is, especially if this is in the workplace, if you can't, you are faced with two options. Number one, suck it up and get burnout and um, be an unhappy person, or you need to walk away. Mm. In other words, you need to resign. Mm. And I think it, it brings us full circle to what you've said. Um, I think so few people actually have found their passion. Mm. I think most people find themselves in dead-end jobs because it's a paycheck. Mm. Yes, we are sitting in a, a political and economical and employment environment where it's difficult mm. to walk away from something and walk into something new. Um, but you know what? We have to derive pleasure from that eight hours that we spend at work. Well, one of the first questions you asked is, okay, so what is stressing me out? And we've seen this particularly, you, you'll know the patient that I'm thinking about, is that stress also means eating the wrong thing. And a lot of people never frame stress that way. If you are eating foods that your body does not like, does not digest, that is stressful on the body. But when a person doesn't have purpose and enjoys waking up and has a purpose every day when they wake up, they tend to eat foods that continue yes. the stress cycle. Yes. Mm. And the patient that I'm thinking about... Was it the patient that was in the office yesterday? Yes. Struggling oh to God, lose... Amazing. And all she did was think about purpose. When I saw her yesterday, I looked at her and I said, oh, my God, Mm. you look amazing. Mm. It's a complete and utter change. Mm. But she's disconnected. No, she's disconnected to the mind part of Mm. it, the mental Mm. part of it. Which she's slowly clawing back. She's slowly starting to – so the the point that I was going to make is start asking yourself questions. When Elise and I were speaking now about not being connected as human beings, we're also not connected with ourselves. We don't do – how many of us take five minutes a day? I make every client bullet journal. Don't write paragraphs. Just write bullets. How am I feeling? Why am I stressed? Am I happy? Do I feel purposeful? Just asking ourselves those questions can help us locate where we are because when we're in that circle, that vicious circle of not feeling purposeful and feeling stressed at work, it translates immediately into our nutrition because we start eating things that continue to stress the body out even further. Yeah, because they all grab for the sugary, salty, fatty stuff. Yeah, of course. So, our second most downloaded and listened to topic was the one that we did on understanding menopause. Ooh, And Elise, um, this is probably our favorite topic. topic. (laughs) Um, Why? (laughs) Because of one simple reason. 
satisfying results. Sure. I, no, I don't want to say that. Uh, hmm. I, I wouldn't have said satisfying results because this is something that every woman who gets to middle age and middle age probably defined from 45 uh, until about 65, um, will go through. Oh, I just felt so good now. Because <laughs> I'm not yet old. I'm under 65. <laughs> You're still middle age. I'm still middle age. Well done. So, um, and you know what? Let's, let's just quickly run through the, the big ones. Um, your menopause is a defined moment in time when you stop menstruating. Natural menopause. Okay, so mm. it's a moment in time. Mm. It's characterized unavoidable. Unavoidable. I was just about to say okay. the same thing. <laughs> unavoidable. It's characterized by certain criteria. Number one, I don't have a menstruation for twelve months consecutively. Um, it is associated with medical conditions. Before we even look at symptoms and signs, we need to understand mm. that um, a decrease in hormone production, mm. estrogen and testosterone, is associated with real and dire health consequences. Mm. And we're looking at cardiovascular disease and increase in heart attacks and strokes. We're looking at elevation of your cholesterol levels directly due to the lack of estrogen. We are seeing an increase in the um, incidence of diabetes. Mm. Um, we see a decrease in bone health and mineralization. So patients present with osteopenia and osteoporosis. It's associated with inflammatory conditions, arthritis, um, autoimmune conditions like thyroid issues, um, lupus, MS, um, the mental and cognitive decline, there's a higher incidence of dementia, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. We know that the brain volume decreases in women as the estrogen starts declining. Um, I, I've, I've started the T-Clinic because in our 40s and 50s, when your children are out of the house and in varsity, this is the time where couples should be reconnecting on a physical as well as emotional level. And this is what the andropause, which is the male menopause, and menopause take away from people in their 50s. Sure. Um, it's that connection, that sexuality, the fatigue, etc., etc. Mm. And these are things that can be managed. So that's why menopause is one of my favorite topics. Yeah. I think it's so ironic that women go like we want to cry on the first day that we get our cycle, right? We want if when we get to heaven, that's the first question. All of us, e, I mean, why like, did you eat like, the apple, bro? Why? <laughs> like seriously, why? <laughs> why did we have to deal with this for so long? We go through so many years of hating it, and then we spend so many days and weeks and months in trepidation of when it stops. Yes, exactly. It's, it's like it's part of a loss. 
Yeah, it's so weird. Like, we should be celebrating this very thing that we hated for so many years. Like, finally the time has come when it <laughs> stops. And yet because of the other symptoms, women go into that next phase with so much more trepidation. And I think that's sad because so many think, well, it's unavoidable. Yes, it's this period of our lives that's unavoidable. But they also think all the symptoms are unavoidable as yeah. well. Yeah. So let's take a look at the symptoms. Um, Sister Elise, the one that women... See most. The first first thing is hot flushes. And sweating. And sweating. Night sweats. Yeah. Disturbed sleep. Yeah. Mm. And because that's the first thing, that's a physical thing that they experience. They then don't realize the other symptoms, for instance, the metabolic symptoms, mm. suddenly gained weight. Mm. Yeah, but I, um, I, I wish you guys would acknowledge the um, mental that's health the issues that come with <laughs> menopause. Like, that was a bit accusatory. <laughs> listen, I just want to say, I was the first woman in this world since forever that gave natural birth. I was the first woman in this world that experienced menopausal symptoms and nobody understood. Mm. Nobody knew. Nobody cared. cared. Nobody supported me. Sure. That is my mental thing that mm. I went through. Mm. There's no clarity in mm. your own mind that this is what's happening to wow. you. And so it doesn't I, I, matter how many book knowledge mm. I had. doesn't matter that... You know, it's like natural birth as well. Mm. I was a qualified maternity midwife nurse wow. when I had my first baby. It all went out, out. of my age. <laughs> all of, Since it's all coming. of the knowledge. Don't, wow. don't scare me. Please don't. <laughs> uh, you know what? We, we will educate you. We'll go with you to Lamar's. You have a team, girl. You have a team. <laughs> the A team. So I've delivered more. Between me and Elise, we've delivered enough babies yeah. I, I, I wish I know them today I don't know them all today so did you feel that despite having all this head knowledge when you were starting to experience the symptoms were you constantly second guessing yourself absolutely you, 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 you think no this can't be sure you can't and, and that's why I'm so passionate about educate yourself and, and what, trust what you feel, trust mm, what you experience. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that so often we discussed on the shows, whether it was um, at the Tea Health show, whether it was on Real Health, whether it was on the workshops and presentations that we did for uh, other doctors or even for, for patients in the layman, it was understanding the cycle. Um, Perimenopause happens and um, the perimenopausal period is the most confusing, the most hardest, probably for a woman. It's the period to deal with because it's so nondescript. It's, it's nondescript and you go to your GP or you go to your gynae and they know where you are, but they don't know where you are. Mm. Yeah. And until recently, um, there was still such a... Uh, controversy around using hormonal treatment to treat women in the perimenopausal period um, and then in the menopausal period. Um, it was only in 2021 when the world, uh, when the Women's Health Initiative study was, uh, the final results came out. And um, 
it's been corroborated since and it's been adopted as statements by international menopausal societies, etc., etc. And this year, the workbook that was published, I remember the workbook yes, that yes. was published. Um, it's, it's recent information. And that um, we need hormone replacement therapy. It's safe. It doesn't cause cancer. Um, we often spoke about risk, understanding risk, and understanding genetics. If you have a gene... Um, and you go for gene testing. So many of my patients want to go for gene testing. And I ask them the simple question. Okay, you, you have a genetic predisposition to something. Now what? Mm. What are you going to, to do? Changes. How are you going to change your genetics? It's mm. impossible. So why do you want this information? Mm. Isn't it false empowerment? Well, some people, yes, because I actually think it makes people just more paranoid. Um, so and more I, excuses build up mm. because now it's like, you know, I'm not losing weight because I have a predisposition mm. to metabolic syndrome or whatever. I think some people do really well with it. Um, some people need numbers. They need facts. They need something to motivate them every day. Mm -hmm. And then other people have the personality and tendency to use that information as an excuse and a reason to then take a backseat because exactly it's this false empowerment. It's actually a disempowerment because it makes them feel as if, well, there's nothing well, that they can do because it's their genes, which I, is not I, true. I think it's the same thing as where you come from uh, a family where grandfather, mm, grandmother, mm. mother, um, and her now sister all of a sudden were fat. For you. Yes, so I'm, yeah. uh, you know what, I'm also going to be fat. Yeah. You're fat because you're lazy. Mm. Or you did the same thing they did, which was eat the same way they lived and live the lifestyle that they yeah. did. So. I wanted to ask you a question. Do you think also when it comes to menopause and perimenopause that women sit in the cycle for far too long because they don't speak to each other? There's also this disconnecting, like, and they're not honest, like, hey, do you also feel like you're yeah. losing your mind? Yeah, me too. And just that conversation can also bring some form of soothing, validation, and then empowerment that, okay, I'm not going okay, crazy. But let's go to our society mm. with my, my answer. Mm. How many of us had, truly have soul sisters? Yeah. True, true friends yeah. that you can open up about yeah. these things. I it's also so have true. one. He's sitting yeah. across from me. <laughs> 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 he's like, hello. Like, <laughs> so, sorry, but I have seven of them in my office. <laughs> Do you know what it is like as a boy to be surrounded by seven different stages of estrogen? You are no the estrogen wonder. expert. It all makes sense now. Why now it makes sense. It really does. Can you understand why I'm nuts? <laughs> I think, and the, this is my observation yeah. of the world, we get together with our friends in inverted commas, but we still need to pretend, mm. right? Mm. So you have to have that really close, close friend connection, connection to, to share mm. what you feel mm. and then they can, something can come mm. out of that. But, yes, it's still a taboo thing. And that is, I think, what we got right this year is to talk tell people. About, yeah. Talk. Yeah. Talk. Yeah. And find so, a place with us where you're safe mm. and we're not going to judge you. You're not crazy. Mm. We are going to help mm. you. Sure. Find that connection. Mm. And that is, I think, what we did right this year as well. Mm. And that's why our practice well, grew so 
exponentially. You, I, I think it, what, what you are saying there, I asked this question on a podcast. We were still in the old studios mm-hmm. um, where um, we spoke about, uh, do women actually talk about sexual dysfunction mm. to each other? Mm. We mentioned it not and, so long ago, actually, and, like two weeks ago as you well. You guys said... It. Oh my God, no, this, yeah. you, you never talk about that. It's the same with men. Men do not stand around <laughs> a bri with a beer in the hand. So is it working? And, um, <laughs> so the other speaking, day. <laughs> speaking to their mates that, you know what, um, my erections are failing. I am mm. uh, have no interest in sex. Um, I'm tired. I'm irritable. Men also don't talk about it. And yeah. I think it's, it's because of the way that we were brought up. Absolutely. Um, so this is where Sims Generation is, on the one hand, we criticize them for maybe their work ethic, but I feel like, well, not even your generation, the under the below do you, is talk about sex. Yeah, but how do they talk? They talk on their phones, but at least they talk But it's the same with gut health. People don't talk about how their gut is functioning. Other most downloaded podcast um, was Weight Gain, mm. the new pandemic. Mm. And the one that had the same amount of downloads, where is it now, was um, nutrition in your mental health mm. and gut health. Mm. Um, how do I treat my gut? Mm. So all of those scored the same. And, you know, they were number uh, five Five, five, and five. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it boils down to the way that we live. Mm. Um, I think it's far easier if you had a long work day. Sorry, Sims, not for your generation. <laughs> um, if you've had a long work day um, to just quickly pick up something from uh, Woolies or pick and pay yeah. or a ready-made mm-hmm. meal yeah. uh, or even um, McDonald's or Burger King mm-hmm. um, instead of going home and um, having uh, preparing a, a, a wholesome meal where you have protein and a little bit of carbs and lots of veggies. Mm. Um, number one, it's expensive. Number two, I think a lot of people feel that they do not have a time. Yeah. But – you know what, that feeds into the obesity, metabolic disease, mental dysfunction uh, scenario mm. uh, right right off the start. We had quite a few um, discussions around weight and diet and uh, food and gut and um, – Exercise. Mm. Do you want to highlight anything that you that for you guys were stood out? Mm. What stood out for me is that, and that was like a wow moment for me, is that obesity was classified as a chronic disease, and I, I, that just opens it up to go and look for medical advice and treatment for obesity you know people always shied away from that because it's not acceptable to be obese but you have a disease a chronic disease and it needs to be treated like a chronic disease you know what Elise um, you say that and immediately I go to the counter argument Mm -hmm. 
yes, obesity is a chronic disease, but I, I feel that a lot of people go to that place where um, I'm fat because I have a hormonal problem. Mm. Um, taking ownership mm. of that. Um, but that's our I, role as medical people. Yes, but patients mm. don't want to take accountability. Mm. I agree. We, we've had a couple of them. I want to challenge them. you. Mm. How many, in percentage-wise, of the patients that we started treating didn't take accountability? And I can About think of two. two. Yes. So um, <laughs> and, and, you were thinking uh, of the same two. Exactly. Yeah. We, we, we had a couple of patients who um, came and, you know what, um, I know that you do weight, so now do something about my weight. So we, we go through the whole process of um, medical histories, understanding the patient's lifestyle, um, underlying symptoms, signs, and then we do biochemistry and there's a myriad of things that are wrong. And then we say, okay, so you came to us for weight, mm -hmm. um, but you know what? You have insulin resistance, you have high blood pressure, your thyroid's not functioning properly, your lipid metabolism, in other words, your cholesterol levels are, are crap, uh, you're iron deficient. So for you to lose weight, you know what? This is what you need to do. We need to treat the metabolic disease. That's the hormonal part. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. And that's as far as we can go. And then we say to them, okay, you have to do the following. You have to start exercising. And exercising... No, no, the first thing you say, in this practice, we don't do bullshit. I don't tolerate bullshit, yeah. absolutely. So that's the first thing. And I think that's very empowering. Yeah, because I think the mind, I mean, from what I see as well, is it, the mindset, again, uh, challenging these limiting beliefs that people cling on to for dear life, like... My mom was obese and my dad was obese and therefore I have these, you know, genes um, is the one. The other one that I want to just shake out of people is I'm big boned. Like, where, where did that come from, actually? <laughs> I have a big bone. <laughs> it, it comes from Whaley's days. Is they that where from? your wrist <gasps> and then they decided you are small boned, I have medium small bones. wrists. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. My ancestors did <laughs> But we work. all missed the comment you made earlier. It's like, I have a big bone. <laughs> True, and we talked about penis augmentation. I haven't had one. I don't need to. So I'm just I'm being facetious. But um, that's one of the things that I make my clients do as well. Where did this mindset come from? Who said this to you? I mean, my again, mom. what do you mean? Yeah, Stay and challenging me? that. Why would she say that? Where did she hear it? Because sometimes we don't even address these beliefs that we've been trained to believe mm. from before we even had a conscious thought, basically, mm. you know? Oh, look, he's a little fatty when he's a baby. Like, we think that I that's... fat child. Yeah, that doesn't... that little fat child. ...have an All influence on... standard five. And it has an influence on our lives because we hear it. The brain is taking in that information mm. and we're somehow believing it throughout our young adult life into our adult life as well. And we cannot address metabolic syndrome and obesity until we start addressing some of these limiting beliefs and the, psycho mm. the psychological influence well, around you it. know what, some of, the, some of our very interesting guests that we had on the show was Dr. Martine Joffe, um, who's a diabetic 
uh, practitioner. Mm. And Sampiri, you were in that show with mm-hmm. me. Elise, I can't remember. I wasn't in and it was so enlightening mm. um, what Martine um, came up with. Um, and number one, there's no such thing as pre diabetes. Um, insulin resistance is something that people do not understand. Um, it's the cornerstone. You have to have insulin resistance um, to develop metabolic disease. Um, the new classification of diabetes, if you have a fasting glucose level of over seven, uh, you are diabetic, uh, you know, no matter what your insulin levels are doing, uh, no matter what your uh, glucose tolerance tests are doing. If you have a fasting glucose of seven, you are diabetic. And you know what? That suddenly made a hell of a lot of people diabetic. Um, what, then, what, why is there no pre-diabetes? What was a, her mindset or thought pre-di- around that? Pre-diabetes has fell out of favor. So um, the previous classification of diabetes was if you have a fasting in, a glucose level of more than 6.3. Six, yeah, I thought it was um, 6.5. Okay. Uh, you know what? You're in that stage mm. that uh, you, if you don't do something now, you're going to develop diabetes. diabetes. Um, so they've taken that away and they pushed up the fasting glucose level and took pre-diabetes away. But you still start treating those patients mm. um, through diet, exercise and lifestyle. Um, the other person that we had on the show that, that uh, linked to what we spoke there was Dr. Brian van Onselen, who um, is an ophthalmologist. And the biggest cause of vision loss is diabetic neuropathy mm. or neuropathy. Um, yeah. Or ret- retina, mm. not neuropathy, net retinopathy, mm. where the Inflammation, whether it's insulin, whether it's glucose, whether it's thyroid, whether it's other stressors, um, has an impact on blood vessels in the retina. Mm. And it's actually also linked to glaucoma. Mm. Glaucoma is an inflammatory Mm -hmm. condition. Um, It's not a pressure condition. It's caused by inflammation. So it's managing the inflammation Mm. through, again, simple measures – Lifestyle, diet, exercise, sleep, um, and meditation, or just managing the stress. And then we had one of our favorite um, guests, Sister Elise, was uh, Dr. Um, Ansi Fros, um, a clinical psychologist. And we spoke about um, how your mental state is affected through daily stress diet. And, um, you know, what we also spoke with her about uh, postpartum depression. Why mm. are people getting postpartum depression mm. and the incidence of this? Now, it was very interesting that she pointed out that um, I think it was one in three people um, used to have depression. That number has risen to three out of four. And, and is people just are just not coping. Of, is this a function again of this lack of connection? Is it the society we I, live I in? Is it a hybrid? So. I, of, I, yeah. I think with uh, the COVID pandemic and the lockdowns and yeah. people still not being 
back in my office full time, they did disconnect. Well, um, I, what I've seen in the last couple of years is also, and I, I, it's hard not to think that it's nefarious in its agenda, but a lot of divisive topics have come up since COVID. First of all, it was COVID in itself. Then it was masking. Then it was vaccination status. If you look at the current political climate, geopolitical climate, it's pro-Israel or pro-Palestine. There seems to be these very anti-pro, anti-pro topics that are popping up at least every year. And again, I'm not saying that it isn't indicative of what's happening in our society normally and naturally, but it also seems to be, I'm, I'm seeing, for example, one family who during COVID was split up. Siblings and moms and dads not speaking to each other because ones were being called anti-vax and the others were pro-vax. And then they managed to find their way back to each other in the last year. And this is connection. We're talking about people connecting with one another. This is in a family. And now they split again in terms of a geopolitical stance. So it also seems as if people are going through a washing machine of lack of connection, disconnection, then disconnection with themselves, and then no one to really speak to mm. and no one to really be in community with. Well, you know what? Again, if we look back to stress, mm. uh, you have good stress, which is daily stress. Yeah. But when it becomes chronic, chronic. Mm. <clears throat> and you don't manage it, and this is what no one is doing effectively, yeah. maybe yogis, I don't know. Um <laughs> I have a funny story stress, about <laughs> Stress leads to, number one, a change in sleep. And that change in sleep mm. leads to um, anxiety. Mm. And the anxiety leads to depression, and the depression leads to disconnect, not only from a, a social perspective, mm -hmm. but from a personal yeah. perspective. And yeah. when you're there, coming back from it is incredibly hard. Mm. What I learned from Dr. Ansi Chaus as well, or it just resonated with me, is anxiety is a state of what, of distress, what's going to happen in the future. future. Which, over which you have no control. Over mm. which you have no control. Depression is what happened in the past. And that is like, oh, wow, yes. And so if someone is facing both, you can see how they're in a complete state of limbo. Yeah. You just, you, you know you're completely I, disemboweled. I, I think maybe Simpiwi's generation mm. um, is a little bit more resilient. I Ooh. find them... I don't think so. No, hold on. I find them to live in the present and Ooh. only in the present. That's the issue as well. No, they don't. Because everything is about climate change. Everything is about the world we're going but to live you know in. What, uh, that, that I understand. Mm. But... Um, you know what, they are present. They're not thinking about tomorrow. But that's the issue. That's the <laughs> 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 and I think it's because of social media. You can yes, be in the yes. present, but you still see like the 24-year-old who's in a yacht in yes. Dubai and you're like, oh, but I'm just Should I be that 24-year-old? You know, like, yeah. I, I haven't done mm. anything with my life. And then you, you keep scrolling mm. and before you know it, it's been six hours, you're on social media and you see a variety of people. You see mm. someone in the UK who's just gotten her master's at like 23 and you're like, wait, I haven't done that. Yeah. And so you kind of like see what's happening in the world now. And, in and a real-time time. basis. And then you're yeah. like, oh, but I haven't done that. So and I'm not, I actually don't think the generation I'm is more resilient. Enough. I think they're more empathetic. 
I think they're more understanding. I think they're more open to diversity, but I don't think they're more resilient. So it's fair to blame the Kardashians. <laughs> I mean, if that starts, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> so didn't they start all of this? I'm not mad at that. <laughs> you know, but anyone that can turn doing nothing into a multi-billion <laughs> money spinning art uh, not form. once not twice but five times I know. <laughs> so, I know. okay so simpiwi has given me the lasso for the last time this year <laughs> um from us here at the tea health show um we were so happy and um honored to share our knowledge uh, with you, our listeners, over um, what was a tumultuous year, I think, for a lot of people. Um, from our side, we want to leave you with a last thought. Most of us are going on holidays. Um, this is the time where I would ask you to just go and sit somewhere <clears throat> at your pool, in your garden, on the beach, and reflect upon your year. Uh, establish where you are now and what brought you to this point. Why are you exhausted? Uh, why are you not feeling great? And um, figure out why it happened. Mm. And then, you know what, so many of us sit or make New Year's resolutions, maybe it's time to make a res the resolution to be more mindful of yourself and listen to your body, take control, run it like you would run your business or your job or your career. Make time to be quiet, make time to exercise, definitely focus on your sleep, and um, you know what, be present, not only towards yourself, but the people around you. There's so much happening in the world that we have no control over. Yes, it affects us, mm. but we have no control over it. Accept it. And once we've accepted it, now we can choose how we're going to manage it. Can I do something? If I can, be proactive. If I can't, avoid it. And if you can't avoid it, then you need to move on to something new and bigger and better. Sister Elise, from your side? I think my message is try and reconnect. I know it's a hard thing to do and mm. pride stands in the way sometimes. But reconnection of what we've lost during covid is the biggest thing. As soon as you have, like Stacey said, the community back, mm. then lots of problems will just dissolve. That's from me. Mm. Stace? I think as a gut health coach, my advice would be to start facing the shit in your life. <laughs> Literally, not face it. Yes. But take a quick squiz. Just, just have a look. See what just it have is. a look and see what is going on. <laughs> it, it, it has applications for your gut health, but for your mental well-being and your emotional health as well. So just start facing that shit in your life, you know. 
Don't be afraid to look at it and to address it. <laughs> and seek help. And seek you know help, what? Um, yes. We did a podcast um, a couple of, uh, well, maybe a year, year and a half ago. We, and you will find it, where we spoke about the six different forms of stools. Stool. So go and listen to the podcast <laughs> and identify yours. Um, Simpiwi, for your generation and for us, the oldies... I'm I'm glad you said my generation because I did want to start off by saying as the youngest <laughs> in the room. Um, I think my biggest walk away, especially this year with uh, doing the show with you guys, is um, at the end of the day, it's my life and I need to take accountability of it. Mm. You know, and there is no quick fix. Um, there is no diet that's gonna change mm. my my bad habits overnight. Um, there is no medication that's just gonna bring you back to health, I need to also play a part and be, is it compliant? Yes, that's yes. the word, right? Com yes. Compliant. Um, I, 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 want to, I, I want to change the word compliant to adherent. Mm. Because okay. when you comply, you obey. When you adhere, you buy in and, and you're involved. And with that being said, don't be scared to ask questions. questions. Yes. From my side... Um, like in the words of Sher, yeah, let's leave it there. In the words of Sher, follow your bliss. Until next year, we wish you all the best of festive seasons. Travel safe, look after yourself, mm. and just be mindful. Mm. Until next year, on the 11th of January, we wish you all the best in health. That was the Tea Health Show, empowering you with knowledge. Download all previous episodes on your favorite podcast platform. The Tea Health Show is brought to you by Tea Clinic.